Hello. Hi, guys. How's everyone today? Doing great. Thanks for asking. I wasn't asking you, but okay. Well, I'm the only one you're actually talking to right now. That's true. Well, no, I am talking to other people. They're just not present enough to respond. That's true. I guess Sorry, they're guys. present, but they're not present with I'll us. I'll answer for them. Well, let's hope they're doing good then. Um, we are back today to talk about something that we both have a few thoughts on, and it is just about um, your head and your heart, and how the two connect or don't. Yeah, and how that plays a role in your walk with the Lord. So yeah, we just want to talk a little bit about that and kind of our own experiences from the past year with that and how our new perspective around your head and your heart or our head and our heart and how those two things play a big role in your spiritual life. This is Hanging with Haley and Heidi. I'm Haley and I'm Heidi. Let's get into it. Okay guys, so just like Heidi said in the intro, we're going to be talking about our heads and our hearts and how they connect or they don't. Um, Heidi had experience with that last year. You definitely walked through like a personal season of um, like learning about that. I think you, you noticed it yeah. more in your own life um, and in your walk with the Lord. So I'm going to just ask you to take point on this one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can do that. Um, so about this time last year, maybe a little later in the year of 2022, probably around April, um, I just started to struggle with, I'm, I've always been a perfectionist, always been a type A person, um, and the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that, but I've always liked having rules, like when my mom would give me rules to follow, like I, I didn't like being told what to do, but I liked structure, and I liked when my mom would make a chore chart, like I love that, like it would love the chore chart. I loved being able to visually, or just audibly hear what I was, what was um, expected of me because I could complete those tasks and I could make my mom happy or make my dad proud. Like I loved being able to do that. And so I think that kind of connected into my spiritual life. And I've always heard like, you can't do anything to earn your salvation. You can't take away your salvation. You can't, you can't earn a better standing before God. Like I know all of the truth around that, but around, um, yeah, last year, around April or so, I don't exactly remember, but I just started to read through the Gospels, and in the Gospels, there is a lot of Jesus talking, and him. it's his story, and in a lot of them, he, he tells a lot of things that are like, I don't like to say rules, but he just talks about the Christian faith, and like what that looks like as a believer, and he says, there are certain things, he says it'll be easier for the, like the uh, the eye of a needle, a camel to get through the eye of a needle. Yeah, then for you to enter the kingdom of God, like things like that, where you're like, dang, I must be doing something terribly wrong then. And I, I kind of hit on that a little bit last episode. About Wait, what do you mean doing something terribly wrong? What do you mean? Like you said, I must be doing something terribly wrong. Oh, like as a as a believer, I'm like, dang, well then I must be like a camel in the haystack or whatever. That's like a really hard thing in the Bible, like that metaphor. Like, basically saying it would be easier for, I think it was a rich person. He was saying, like, oh, it's either easier for a rich person. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye yes, of a needle yes. than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Yes. And I'm like, it's things like that that I would read in the Gospels that I was like, I took so literally to the point where I was like, well, I'm really, like, screwing it up. Like, I'm really, my relationship with God, like, these standards, it felt like were that were put in the Bible 
felt like too high to even attain. I got you. So you started looking and it was very like you weren't relying on Jesus, like the salvation Jesus gave you. More like there's like, no I, way I'm actually saved because this is too hard or something like that. Like not that I, d- I doubted my salvation, but I was discouraged because I felt like there was so many things I had to live up to, even as a believer. Because I had read in Luke where it talks about Jesus had just read the entire Sermon on the Mount. He goes on to say, if you hear these words of mine and fail to do them, you're building your house on the sand. It's going to be destroyed. If you do the words that I just told you and you obey, you hear them and you do them, you, you're building your house on a rock and it's going to stand strong even in a storm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, dang, my house is built on the sand because I feel like I'm not doing anything you say to do. You hear it, you don't do it. You hear it and you don't do it. And that's like. That's super discouraging when you're like, dang, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing? Because you look around, you go to church, you go, you have friends that are believers with you, and we're all living some days, like Jesus isn't even in the room, but we believe and we confess that he is Lord and that he died for us. And that confused me. It confused me to to say, hey, we believe in this, but we're not acting as if we believe in it. And to see my unbeliever friends almost some days being kinder and even they didn't even realize it's showing Jesus to me in a way that I didn't even wasn't even doing to them. Yeah, so you're starting to question, okay, if these people are acting like this and they don't even know Jesus as Lord, then what am I doing? Right. And it's like so that just kinda had to make me reevaluate how I was what I actually believed. Okay I was like, okay, if I say I believe this, but I'm not living it and I always hear people say what you believe and what you love. Like when people say, what What do you love? Like show me your calendar and y'all can tell you what you. Show me your bank account. Show me your bank account. Things like that. It's like the, those things will expose. So if you say, I love Jesus. I believe in him. I trust him. Okay. How does your life reveal that and reflect that? And that just became a very new perspective because growing up in the church, a lot of your life or for me, I felt like it was very much my heart connection. It was, I've heard this in my entire life. And I feel like I just, I, you know all the things about God, yes. And then when I became a believer when I was 12, I felt like I had an experience with God, which I did. But if I, I, I've always been an emotional person and run off of emotions. Feelings are your guide. Yes, feelings were my guide. And I came to this point when I was like, well, my feelings aren't doing anything good for me right now. And so I was like, I want to lean more into this logical, like, how do I know creation happened when it did? How do I know the earth is this much old? Like, I had all these big questions that were like, it was like my perfectionist controlling self wanted factual lists and answers and rules that I could follow. And that were like, so like, clear. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? When your faith was running when small, I was, or do you think you were? Yeah, whenever I was just discouraged and whenever I was like, oh, well. I'm obviously not doing this right, so let me see if I can do this right. If my if my heart and my love for the Lord is not doing enough for me to do the things he's asked me to do, then let me find another way to do that. And if that I think part of me kind of turned off, like I kind of went cold, I mm-hmm. feel like because I wanted to find I wanted to like redirect my faith from just like this love or adoration love and feelings and yeah, I know and I wanted to be more like this is why I follow God. Like, here's the factual, like, when, how we know Jesus died, how we know this happened, like, when it did, mm-hmm. so that I could almost, like, veto anyone who doesn't believe in God because I just have all the facts lined up instead of being, like, I love him, and I believe in him, and I trust him even in a faith that I don't understand. And I think that's super easy to slip into. And, like, that's a, it's not even a bad thing. Like, knowing that, obviously, knowing those answers is not a wrong thing for you to have 
wanted to do. I think your heart behind it, like what you're saying to me now, it sounds like your heart wasn't in a good place to be doing that. Like right. you seeking those answers was not to back up this faith. I mean, it was. It wasn't a bad. You weren't like no maliciously I, it, seeking yeah. out these answers, but like it was like when you're almost tired of just having faith in a sense. You're just like, okay, the big guy in the sky. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and part of it for me was, it was my faith felt so small. I needed something to grasp onto. I felt like, okay, God, I can't feel you right now. And I'm obviously not living my life the way you've called me to. And I feel far from you. Let me find another physical way, like an attainable way to know you're here, which I think is good to remind yourself of factual truth, knowing that like there are actual recorded um history backs up history backs up jesus and creation and the lord and like all of that and so part of me was i think it was good to lean into that but i think i got to the point where i wanted all the mysteries um explained to me all the questions i remember you went through definitely like i feel like a lot of last year you were asking really hard questions i was which was good like i saw you grow in a lot of things but it's also like learning when you don't have the, when you can't get the answer to that question, how are you going to react? And how are you going to act from there? Yeah. And are I, you going to still have faith? I'm sorry for cutting you off. You're good. Are you going to still have faith when you don't have that answer? Or when we're like, okay, we're probably not going to figure this out till we get to heaven. Yeah. What is your, what is your response to that? And that's when your faith comes in. Right. And well, that's kind of, that's kind of the conclusion I came to. I just remember I had gotten really like cold and bitter towards um, just all things faith related because my faith felt so small god felt so far and i felt like i was just this awful person who was not doing what they needed to do and i just wanted some sort of controlling like i wanted to be able to control something i wanted to be able to perfect something and um i remember reading something i cannot remember what it was but it's like my motto now and it was just like lean into the mystery of who god is and lean into the mystery of what he does And that was like a super big encouragement to me because I felt like after this many months of striving for answers and striving for a genuine big faith, I felt like it was like, it's okay to not know. And it's okay when your faith is small to lean on the bigness of God and the wholeness of who he is. And it was just a very comforting fact that when, even when your faith is small, you don't have to strive for, um, answers you don't know you don't have to know it all to trust in a big god and that's okay i think we hear the term a lot in our generation or like i feel like all the generations jesus juking and you hear um like when people ask questions i think it is it is good i mean we're told in the in peter first peter is it or second peter i don't know what is it where he says uh have an answer for your faith yeah be ready to give an account yes like we are supposed to know what we believe and we're supposed to know why we believe it i think that's very important but the answer, sometimes it does come down to, I have faith in this God. I can't see. I can't, I can't touch. I can't, like that, that's where faith comes in. Like faith that plays, is, that's I mean, what we, faith is. That's what we, yeah. And so I think like never being afraid to say that, those words and be like, I don't understand this. I yeah. really, I don't. And that's okay. Seek it. But if you can't find the answer for it, you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And that that's something, and I think in a way. I I heard someone say, you don't want to be able to understand, fully understand God. If I could fully understand the God I serve and worship, that'd be a scary thing because then they would be just like us. And if, do you really think a human God would take care of you and love you? Because what happens when they run out of patience? What happens when they run out of love to give? Like that would be scary. And 
Yeah, I think it's a comfort to know that our God is too big for us to understand. That is a comfort. That's the coolest thing about him. Yeah. Is that he is too big to understand because I think the things about him that we, even his, we know, okay, God's loving, obviously, because he sent his son to die for us when we should, we don't deserve it. Um, Fill in the blank. We know those things. We don't, we cannot, we'll never fully comprehend his love. We'll never fully comprehend his patience until we like see him in heaven. Yeah. And I think all of, all of this to say that, like, when you strive for, like, more head knowledge of God, like, I have known who God, about God all my life, literally all my life. I've known about Jesus, what he came to do, who he was, about his, all of the Bible stories, just about God's character. I've always known about that. Haley, you could say the same thing. Yeah. And you can have all the head knowledge in the world of Jesus, but that does not change your standing before God. I think we we put a lot of emphasis on heart knowledge and like you need to have a love for God and a relationship with God, but you also need to remember that it is good to know about God. It's good to know who he is and about like what you said, all of those things, but it's also it's important I think for those two things to flow interchangeably. We've all we all heard it or I at least heard it so much even now. Like you hear there's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. That is something as growing up in the church, you just hear it all the time. And it's, I mean, it's true. But I think that us knowing about God in a correct way and we're seeking, um, like we're just studying who he is, what he's done. And um, like apologetics and all those things, like just diving deeper than the surface level of what I feel about God. um, That will push you. Like, I feel like that can push you towards God. That will push and grow your relationship with him emotionally. But when we make that our God, that's where you go wrong. That's when the knowing about God serves you, doesn't serve you. Because you can have correct theology. Like, that's the whole thing about knowing knowing about him but not knowing him. You can have correct theology. You can have every answer in the book. But if you don't have a heart connection and have a heart knowledge of him, you, it won't push you to grow and it, you won't know him. Right. Because, I mean, think about the Pharisees. They knew every single answer. They knew that Jesus was a Messiah was coming. They knew all of that. But when Jesus was standing right in front of their faces, they totally missed out. Yeah. And yeah, I think that it's when your heart, your heart needs to get to a place of, of a surrender of humility, of um, a willingness to fall out of God who's too big to understand his feet. And when your heart is in that place, I think you're going to learn a lot more than you would just trying to figure out facts about him. I think you're going to learn a lot more about the character of God by the way, by the interactions you have with him, when you sit at his feet and you pray and you're just in communion with God and with his people. And I think you're going to see a lot more of him in that way and understand him in ways you may never be able to say out loud, but your heart knows and your soul knows it in ways that you'll never express uh, except for the fact that when you see him one day, you'll be like, yeah, that was you. And I think that is something that I'm leaning into a lot in my life right now and something that kind of got me out of the big, pl- the hard place I was in last year of just wanting to see God. Like I got mad that I could not see God or touch him. I just wanted to hear him. Like, and I would just remember praying, like, why won't you just speak to me? And I just want to encourage you. If you're, if you're in that place where you just feel like God is not near, God is far or, or you feel discouraged because you feel like you can't keep one rule or one ask of God that he's asked from in his word. I think Something that really encouraged me when I was going back into my journal and reading 
was John 15, and this is Jesus talking, and he said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That hits me every time I hear that read. Because, like, abiding, that it, thank you, Graham, for your input. I think striving, we hear that all the time, but it's not, it's not our striving that's going to bring us closer to God. It's not our striving for obedience. And I think there is a line of seeking obedience. We, we have to choose to be obedient to God. Right. But us being close to him is by abiding in his well, word. Well, and I think him. when we do abide in him, we want to obey him. Mm-hmm. I was reading in James where it says faith without work. Show me your show me your works without faith and or whatever. It's like the whole passage about like faith and works without each other are dead. And I read and it said, or I, I thought when I was reading that, that your faith or your works will reveal your faith and vice versa. Mm-hmm. That each of those things, it's not saying... Hey, if you don't do works, you don't have faith. Or if you don't have faith, you don't do works, which it is saying that. But I used to think like, dang, I got to make sure if I have faith, then I'm going to have to work. And like, I got to make sure I have faith so that I do all the works. And if I, if I'm not doing the works and I'm obviously not saved. And like, that was that paradox kind of thing I was going through. But I'm realizing that when we humbly go before God and we are, we are walking in faith and saying, like, I don't understand half of this. I know I'm never going to live up to half of this because I'm a human being and I'm going to fall short every single day. I think when we address that reality and we wake up every single morning we wake up and we address that reality, I think we're going to be better off and the works are going to come from the spirit. He is going to lead those works. We're not going to do it in our own striving. And there's a song that I, um, I've been listening to lately. It's called How You Love Me by, I don't remember the, the guy's uh, name. What's his Pat name? Pat Garrett? No. Something like that. Garrett, maybe? The song is How You Love Me by Patrick Mayberry. And in the song, I don't know if you have listened to it. Have you listened to it yet? Yeah. It's really good. But he basically, in one of the lines of the song, he said, your grace is on a mission to tear down my religion. And I remember, like, that's, that, that part just, like, makes me tear up every time because I'm, like, we try to make our God a human and try to make him short-fused, tempered God who, who runs out of patience and love for us when really he's trying to tell us, like, no, like, every day my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. And that's how we can live in, in faith, knowing that his grace meets us every day. If we walk in faith with that, works will flow from the love and worship of that, of that knowledge. So that head knowledge is good to have, to know our God, to know about his grace, to know about his love, to know about his patience. That can be in your head and you can know it, but it transfusing into your heart and saying, okay, I know this. How am I going to respond to that? How am I going to respond to that knowledge? And that's where your heart comes into play. And I think whenever our love and our affection is stirred by our our understanding, those two together produce worship and produce works and faith. And they all join together. They don't, none of them exist on their own. And I think I've been encouraged by that in the past year, that God is not a confusing God. His word is not confusing. He is good. He is faithful. And all he asks for us to do is abide in him and to trust him and and to have faith and to walk in that. 
And those all sound like a lot of big words. But what that means is, hey, I love you. And I just want you to follow me in whatever I call you to. And that looks like opening his word, sitting with him. You don't even have to speak. And just turn to him and say, I am, my hands are empty and I just want to do whatever you have for me. Or I want to live however you have called me to. And read and, and put, put in the work. Put in the time and the, and the, um, the surrender to him. And that will produce godliness and it will produce you growing spiritually. How he said that when you abide in me, I prune you and I, and new branches grow that are, that are healthier and stronger. And that takes time. It takes, it takes work, but it is something that God does for us when we give all we are to him. And that means just sitting with him and resting. So I think that, I think that connects what we were talking about. How you're saying, yes, put in that work to surrender to him. Put in the, um, read your Bible, pray, like, don't, yeah, rely on it to fix you. Don't, yeah, don't look at it as a fix, but look at it as I'm doing this because I love the Lord and I want to obey him and I want to, I want him to renew that in me, to renew the spirit inside of, or the spirit inside of me to grow me and, um, produce fruit. Like that will come from that obedience in him, to him. Yeah, I encourage you if you're in a place where you feel like you're either all head or all heart, if you are following with us, then I encourage you to just stop thinking so much about what, or stop feeling so much, whatever it is that's getting at you, and go to the Word and sit with Him and see what He has to say about where you're at in life, because I promise you He has an answer for it. His book is the guide for our life, and it is what we need to hear daily, and If you need to talk to someone about it, we are here. We are here, and we would love to hear from y'all because we've walked through a lot of this stuff, and we're not saying it from a place of um, having it all together, but more just from a place of, hey, this is where we've been and what we would love for y'all to know. If y'all ever need to reach out, we have our both personal Instagrams or we have our podcast Instagram. I think it's just Haley and Heidi. Yeah, Haley. Simple. But um, feel free to reach out. Might not have all the best advice in the world, but we're listening here, even if. And um, yeah, so we love you guys. We're so thankful that you listen and you've given us your time today. And we will hopefully be back soon with another episode. Yes, we'll see y'all soon. All right, bye. Bye.